Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Welcome to Ohio. Today, we are in for an absolute treat. We have Joshua Schleybaugh with us. We got to interview his father, Ruben, on yesterday's program. If you missed that show, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode now. It was, and I've done over, you know, 860, 870 episodes. I think that might be my favorite episode of all of them. It was fabulous, as Ruben talked about, how important customer services, serving the customer, having your priorities straight. And that was coming from a man who has the number one Toro dealership, an incredible amount of success in his business. And he explained the reasons why. So today we're going to talk to his son, Joshua, and you're going to hear more than likely the same DNA as Joshua. Your dad really hyped you up. (laughs) So he spoke very, very highly of you and uh, that uh, your way of, of handling people and just serving people is uh, remarkable. So looking forward to hearing the story. Thanks to today's show sponsor. That is our friends at Jobber. If you're looking to organize your business, get everything in one place from your scheduling, your customer data and information, work history, and my favorite part, the invoicing. I can shoot out an invoice. My customer can just pay me right then and there online. Easy peasy. No more chasing that check in the mail. And Jobber has uh, the convenience as well as putting your customer's card on file if necessary. If you would like to try out Jobber for free, that's right. You can do a free trial. Just click on the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Well, guys, I was so blessed by talking with Joshua's father, Ruben. So no pressure, Joshua. (laughs) What is up, my man? Good to be here. It's fun to be here. The Spencer event, we're having fun. We had a fun pizza party last night, and it's good to be here. First time I get to meet Paul, and great guy. We're having fun. Thank you. You didn't like my John Deere hat last night. <laughs> uh, I didn't, but it's okay. We'll accept John Deere makes good products. They really do. <laughs> you great guys company. are the number one Toro dealer in uh, the United States or in the world, or how does that rank up? You know what? We don't really go back that. We just do the best we can every day, and then you go with that. But I guess they, I guess that's what they say. Okay, that's fantastic. And I talked to your father, Ruben, 
he drives a horse and buggy. He doesn't have a, a, a F-150 or a Dodge Ram. No, we don't. We just call our horsepower. We call it an oats mobile because it eats oats. <laughs> uh, oat mobile. That's real horsepower, huh? That's that's what we go by. We use a bicycle or we use a horse. We just go by a horse and carriage. Yep. And you have the number one Toro dealer. In, you're the number one Toro dealer in the world, or at least in the United States. I know that much. And you mm-hmm. you drive a horse and buggy. And we drive a horse and buggy. And you know what? We mow our lawns with a Toro and, and, and we love it. They build a great product. So back when grandpa got the Toro dealership many years ago, it was because they had a good product. And they had a great quality of cut. And he always focused on if you take good care of the people you have, you don't always have to be focusing about attracting new customers. Just have a great product, have great customer service, and things will be okay. Wow. So have a great product, or my audience, Joshua, is the ones providing the service. So you can interchange product and service because guys are out there mowing with the Toro lawnmowers. Do a good job with the service. Have great customer service, and you're you're in, you're in business. And you 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 still have to be a good businessman. You have to understand finances. That still has to come. But you don't have to be constantly going after new things if you just take good care of what you have. One thing that comes to mind: this was uh, some years back. Grandpa passed away a year ago. Now, I had the pleasure of sitting behind beside his desk. He was only a couple of feet from where I sat, um, and I, I was getting a little worked up about something. I don't even know what the conversation was, but. Uh, we were talking about something disgusting and grandpa just rolled around in his chair. He had the swivel chair and he says, boys, you just take good care of the people you have and everything will be okay. And you know what? I've thought about that a lot, especially since he's gone now. And there's a lot of truth to that. You just say that one more care. time. If you take good care of the customers you have, the people you have, and things will be okay. You don't have to worry. He, he was never one to get flung off guard about this or that, this new fad that came along when the Chinese engine imports came in and all that. He said, that is not sustainable long-term. You have to be able to take good care of the clients that you have, have a good product, and the rest of the stuff, yeah, things are going to come up. They might look a little scary. But if you do a good job, focus for the right thing, do it, do things for the right reason, and things will be okay. What does that good customer service look like on a day-in and day-out basis at Schleyball Engine? Is that the name? Schleyball Engine, yes. Schleyball Engine. What that looked like for us, we get up early. Uh, For me to have a good day at work, and I know it's this way for my father and the rest of the group, you have to have your devotions. We have to, you know, that's that's really the focus of our life. So Uh, what time do you wake up and what do you do for your devotions? Um, I read the Bible. Uh, I pray. I meditate. I read a little bit in a good book, something of information, you know, good inspiration to get the day started. You go to work. Uh, it's going to be a good day. I flick on the lights. We start the generator. We run a generator for our power. Uh, we get that started and uh, we have a couple small projects to kind of finish up and get started or we get started for the day. And then you get ready to greet that first customer that comes to the door, whether he wants to rent a piece of equipment, which we have a rental company, or he might be buying a couple of chains for his chainsaw. And each guy, you greet him with a smile. And if you don't like people, you better not be in the business. Uh, we, uh, Dad loves people. And fortunately, um, the Lord has given me that talent. It's just fun meeting people and greeting them with a smile, having somehow making their day a little better. I mean, that's really each customer comes through the door. They are a, a, a benefit. Uh, we are here to serve them. They're not here to serve us. So we're here to get them that couple chains, you know, put the chain on for them because they don't know how to do it or they might have to be explained how to do it. Put it on backwards. 
Yeah, that's right. You know, this thing just doesn't I did that once. <laughs> so this thing did sucks. You? And then I realized I, I put it on the opposite way. Oh, and people and don't then, all the time. And they, and, they, and they feel bad about it. And it's like, there's, I've, I've done the same thing. Or, 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 or we assemble a chain wrong. We got half of it in one way and half of it the other way. Now it won't cut, but it looks right. Well, that was our fault. Mm-hmm. So. so the customer walks through the door and, and just how can you serve them? Be happy that they're there. You're there to serve them. That's right. And whether you're on the phone, you try to get back to them. They might be in the middle of the problem waiting for your phone call. You just do the best you can to get back to them. Uh, we try to greet the customer before he's at the counter. Uh, we are work in an office or uh, back behind the counter, you know, fixing a small product in the meantime. And you always try to greet them before they're at the counter. When they're halfway through, try to greet them with a smile and uh, see what we can do for them. It's about having fun, talking. How many mowers do you guys sell? What, what, give us some kind of, um, I, I was there last night and saw with my naked eye how big Schleyball Engines is, but what uh, are some numbers of how much units you're, you're selling and, and how did you become the number one Toro dealer in, in the USA? Uh, I would say becoming the number one Toro dealer has several contributing factors. Um, one is we live in a great community. Uh, which supports rural life. There's a lot of grass being mowed. If you compare to a lot of the places in West Virginia, people just don't have a need for a mower that mows multiple acres per week that's built for that. So it's, I would say, number one is a blessing, uh, great customer service, but a large contributing factor is the community that we live in. There's really a lot of grass that gets mowed within a 50-mile radius, which is kind of our primary heart of our customer base. And we're, that's really, we're here in Worcester, Ohio. So that covers up to the Canton area. Uh, or? we get some Canton is kind of the outskirts and, and, okay. and, and we do sell mowers out of state. We ship quite a bit to some different bordering States, but our primary hometown is within 30 to 40 minutes. That's, we get a lot of customers in that range. Okay. And then you guys do repairs on the, the uh, mowers and power equipment or just mowers? We do everything that we sell. And that's something Grandpa started about 45 years ago. He always said, whatever I sell, I will service. And his slogan was service after the sale. Mm-hmm. So that's what he focused on, just taking good care of what you have. This is so refreshing, guys. There's, I'm not going to name the name, but I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and there's a repair shop that they just have a bad reputation for many reasons. It's like, man, these principles you're sharing about serving the customer, understanding that you're there to serve them. It's just, it's foreign in, in some of the dealerships that we have in Atlanta. It's wild. You know, we've, um, grandpa always said, treat others as you want to be treated. And that comes out of the Bible. He didn't the make that rule. one up. Yeah. I think <laughs> that Jesus comes right made out of the Bible. <laughs> treat others the way you want to be treated. Yep. And really, if, if you apply that in life, whether it's, it's in marriage with your kids with your church, community, and customers, that's really, if, if, if that is taken seriously and literally, things usually just work out. Wow. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. So what's it been like growing up in Amish country, working for the family business? Tell us a little bit about your life, Joshua. Well, it has been a great blessing. Um, you always have some things where you um, get frustrated at things, then you feel really blessed, then you feel burned out, then you feel inspired. And I guess that's just a cycle of life that you go through. Uh, So growing up as a little kid, we had uh, about 10 acres. We had a pond out back. So as a little kid, I'd be carrying around a pellet gun. We'd shoot away at the bad birds and uh, grow up and go away with mom and dad with the horse and buggy or the bicycle. And uh, so in, 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 in the Amish culture, 
uh, we actually graduated the eighth grade. Okay. So in the eighth grade, I graduated. I started working four days a week at, a, at one of our other locations. Uh, Dad thought it best if I didn't work for him, you know, work for somebody else. So his best friend actually managed that company. Did you get a taxi to get over there? Or? We did. We had a taxi take us down every morning, bring us back in the evening. And that's how it started when I was uh, 14 or 13. I'd work here and there a little bit, but we weren't. Uh, we only worked four days a week. You know, it was just simple jobs. And then you grew into that. And uh, the long-term plan was always to work with dad. So um, when I was 19, I started courting a girl, Brenda. I'm very blessed to have her for my wife. And we got Where'd you wonderful. meet Brenda? Uh, youth group. It was a uh, volleyball game we had. And I remember the first time I played close from a volleyball game. It was like, dude, that girl has got something. I told my friends, that one can't get away. And fortunately, a couple of years later, it was like the time seemed right and uh, started courting. Now, what, explain what courting is to someone who might not be from Amish country. Okay, so courting is basically on the weekends. Uh, we didn't have phones. Uh, there's quite a few Amish communities. There, there's a lot of different denominations, but our group would not have cell phones at the time. We now do. We have no internet in our homes, but we carry a cell phone for communication reasons. Uh, so on the weekends... Uh, we'd go to her house and we'd spend the evening. By horse there and buggy the, or taxi or horse and buggy or bicycle. She lived close by, fortunately, so it worked out very well. I could just run over, you know, with a bicycle or she was almost walking distance, two and a half miles away. It was very close, which is unusual, but So your uh, horse you just sit in the buggy and how do you how does your horse know which way to go? Well, so we have reins on the horses with a bit in his mouth and we just uh we slap him on the back a little bit. He knows that's a command to go. We say giddy out. And that's the command, and whoa, we stop. So uh, to, to give it the command to go, we say, giddy at. And that sound, he's been trained, that is how, that's when you start, or a little slap on the back with the reins, and that's his command to go. And if you want to go a little faster, you say, come on, giddy at. And then uh, he goes a little faster, that's kind of command. Until he gets tired, he'll slow down. Uh, but I go over uh, to the barn and unhitch there, and usually Brenda or... Uh, her father would come out and help us unhitch and we'd, uh, we'd go for a walk in the woods and we'd have supper and then we'd all sit around as a family group. And usually in the evenings I'd go home or then, uh, there'd be another bed there, a couch that I'd, I could sleep there. And then we spend the week, we go to church on Sundays together and then we just hang out and do this or that. So usually on Sunday evening we had a um, youth event. So we might've played volleyball or did come together and play games. And then, uh, Weekdays, of course, we were at home. We'd call back and forth occasionally, and we'd go to, you know, family events, things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we planned to get married, I told Grandpa, you know, if, if you want to move, he'd live right across the street from the business. So I told him, you know, Dad said, it might be I need to go talk to Grandpa. So I did. And he, he, he was ready to downsize and get a smaller house. And I said, oh, I'll buy your house if you uh, ever consider you want to downsize. And he said, we'll do it right away. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, that's, that's where we live, and it's just grew up, and it's our way of life. Christianity is our salvation. Amish is our way of life, and we're just regular people. We've got struggles. We've got joys in life, and uh, we just all do the best we can. Wow, that's fantastic. So that house that you bought, that was your grandpa's, is close to Schlebel Engines? It is right across the street. Literally through a rock right over in the parking lot. So uh, the downside to that is you can sit at your kitchen table eating lunch, and it's like, Dude, there's 10 vehicles in the parking lot. I really shouldn't be sitting. I should be over there. But the nice thing is, you know, uh, if you need something, it's like you got a big hardware store in your backyard. If you're fixing up a project, fixing a window or the wall, you know, you need a couple screws and a little extra special tool, just walk across the street. So and you're get it. pretty handy. You can fix them. Uh, I'd say moderate. Um, uh, I've done small construction projects as helping communities. So as a youth group, 
we will for a week or two weeks at a time we'll go down if there's a if there is a uh, natural disaster like um, some of the hurricanes that come along or floods mm. as a youth group uh, we might get a van load or two of guys and we'll have a taxi drive us there so we'll work we have organized projects so we might rebuild homes for them so so how far have you traveled have you ever been on an airplane I have never, yes, a small, we had a customer buy a lawnmower. We got to talk and he said, yeah, he's got a small airplane and he enjoys flying. And um, I was young and I said, you know, I think I'm going to do that. And I asked him if he'd take me for it. He said, sure, absolutely, I'll do it. So I think I paid him a hundred bucks for his gas. We had fun. He just uh, flew you around Wooster? Yeah, he just flew us around locally here. Now traveling, fortunately, dad loved traveling, which Ruben's my father. I was very blessed to have him as a father. He was, he was always the same. If you were uh, with company, you could be on vacation, you could be at home, you could be at work. He was always the same. Yeah, he'd have stressed out days, but he usually didn't show it much. And, and that, that was, I was always felt very privileged to be uh, born in the family that I was. And he loved to travel. So when I was about 18, I have one sister and dad thought it fitting, you know, before we, um, uh, my sister and I get a boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, it might be good if we'd go on an Alaskan trip, he always had this dream of, he had a friend who had done some tours to Alaska and he said, you know, we think the time's right. We should do this. And of course we were all excited. And, uh, so we grabbed some fishing poles and we went for a five week trip. We did camping half the time and motels half the time, depending on the weather. And we just had a great time. Who, as a your horse and buggy or did you get a taxi? <laughs> to go to Alaska, it would have taken a long time with horse and buggy. So we hired a taxi. It was actually a tour guide who would do this as a job. Okay. We paid him about a dollar a mile. And uh, we made the trip all the way up um, to Prudhoe Bay, uh, which is up at the Arctic Ocean. And we just had a great time traveling the Alaskan Highway. And we'd camp in the evenings a lot of time. We just had a great time. That's fantastic. So have you been to Florida, to the beach, or you ever been to yes. a beach? Or? So um, my grandma, grand, great-grandparents lived in Florida. Okay. So we go down to visit them every year. You and just hire a taxi? We do. We hire a taxi. And uh, dollar miles, kind of a given rate. Some of them give a little bit better discount if it's that far. And we'll hop on a van, and we'll have somebody take us there. We'll usually... Uh, they'll stay at a home, you know, close by, or an Airbnb house these days works very well. And we'll just hang out for two weeks. So that's kind of been the tradition ever since. Uh, it's been about seven years that we've been going to Florida for two weeks every year, just hanging out. You kind what of get part your of town? From Sarasota. Oh, love Sarasota. Yeah, Pinecraft area is kind of a, that's where great, great grandpas lived. And so we kind of started going there and we just kind of continue it as a family tradition. It just doesn't feel right not to go in February for a couple of weeks. Yeah, Sarasota and uh, Siesta Key Beach is close there. It's a beautiful beach. It is. And uh, so we go there and we do some uh, kayaking as well down the rivers and uh, do a little bit of fishing and hang out. So every morning at 6 a.m., we have this little men's group that gets together at Der Dutchman's restaurant there. And uh, it's kind of a business meeting, fun thing, but it's kind of a group of us. So I get up about 5.30 and uh, pedal my bike about two miles down to Der Dutchman's. And we have this little meeting for about an hour to two that uh, we meet with friends and get the day started. And then we come back about the time the family's waking up. In Florida or here in Worcester? That is down in Florida. Oh, I So gotcha. every morning through the week, that's usually where I'm at at six. Now here in Worcester, how do you guys get groceries? Do you ever go out to a restaurant? How does that work? Or do you just cook your own, make your own food at home or? Primarily our own food. We've got a couple of grills and my wife is a fantastic cook. Uh, I well, should be fat, but fortunately, 
Um, How do you get the ingredients? So we have cookbooks that are locally made by people or we just, we buy whatever cookbooks. Um, My wife probably has 15 different cookbooks and she just finds recipes or family likes and that's what she goes by. She cooks two meals a day, lunch and supper. And she does, I mean, she does a fantastic job with that. And we go out to eat for birthdays or sometimes in the evening, it's like Friday night, you know what, let's go somewhere. And we'll take our horse from buggy five miles down the street. So what restaurant? Uh, there's a Lem's Pizza and a cafe down there. That's usually our local Friday night thing. Or we'll ask some friends, hey, you want to go out to eat to Worcester tonight? Sure. And we'll hire a taxi. We'll call around. We've got a list of about 15 taxis. And What restaurants are in Worcester? Uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. There is City Square. And uh, Red Lobster, which is my personal favorite. We, we love seafood, but my wife doesn't. So we kind of split it up for that. Or we'll go to Canton for uh, some of the larger restaurants and just, you know, Okay, that's fantastic. Man, this is interesting. Now, your wife cooks lunch and dinner, but where does the food come from that she cooks? So uh, they usually, most of the ladies have like a one-month grocery run. They'll kind of do as a family. So Brenda will sometimes uh, have her own trip. She just does, she just hires a taxi, her friend. You kind of have your regular taxis. And they'll take her to Aldi's, Walmart, Bueller's, I don't know. She probably has some other stops too. And she'll just make a forenoon run, take a couple hours, run to Worcester, get her supplies. And we've got a big pantry full of food. And really? uh, we probably have, I don't know, two months supply of food right now. Just, you know, because we can't, we only go primarily once a month. So we have local bulk food stores that we can go to with a pony, with a horse or with the uh, bicycle that she'll run to. But your, your big bulk, when you get a bunch of chips, a, you know, a bunch of uh, supplies, ketchup, a bunch of that. Aldi's has your best. I mean, they just, that's usually where we get most of our food in Walmart and Bueller's. We like Bueller's a lot too. Then they load them up and does the taxi help unload all the groceries or she just, that seems like a take a while if you buy a month worth for four, yeah, family of four. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, she puts them on a little cart and wheels them in or the driver helps carry them in or she carries them in in bags. You know, usually there's, 15 bags of food. Hey guys, Paul here, and I want to tell you about an exciting event happening here in Atlanta called Synced Live. The dates for the event are February 6th through 7th, 2023. That's a Monday and a Tuesday. It's going to start on Monday afternoon at 3 p.m. and then be all day Tuesday. I'm going to be there. Really looking forward to this expo. It's going to have 70 plus innovative products and services. There's going to be a drink reception on that Monday night, February 6th. And then on Tuesday, February 7th, guys, at Sync Live, there's going to be demonstrations, educational sessions, and plenty of industry inspiration. Now, you can get your all access pass to Expo and all the education sessions for only $99. This is the only event shaping the future by connecting all aspects of the landscape industry into one event. And it's in my city, Atlanta, Georgia, right across the street from our baseball stadium where the Braves play. So, we want the next generation of landscape owners and decision makers to be there. I'm going to be there. Hopefully, you will be as well to register all you got to do is click on the link in today's show notes we hope to see you in atlanta this february we know you need something that's easy to operate comfortable and still brings great performance the kubota z400 zero turn mower series brings all that and more you'll also love the large fuel tank so you can keep on working without interruptions you can count on jobber to keep your business organized Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. 
Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS Track It, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS Track It with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace-of-mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. Yeah. Um, and some goodies, you know, for the kids. You always got to buy a couple, you know, the kids a little treat. They'll have a little toy, you know, and then you have more toys than you put those to a thrift store someplace and get new toys. <laughs> That's fantastic. So uh, with uh, your phone, you don't, you don't do Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or? We don't. Occasionally we're out with friends and I want to look something up or they say, hey, look at this YouTube video. We'll, we'll look at that. And then again, there's a lot of different denominations of Amish and Mennonites. So you'll have, you'll say, well, that doesn't seem right compared to our local people. That is probably true. So when uh, our ancestors came across the waters. Yeah, tell, give me a little history lesson. I don't want to f- offend you. I don't know. No, like, that's fine. It's wide scratch. open. We are what we are. Christianity, the following New Testament principles is our salvation through Jesus Christ. And Amish is our way of life. So you'll see a lot of different denominations. So when our ancestors came across the waters, um, uh, my, gra- my grandpa's Great, great, great grandfather, Christian Wanger, when he came across the waters, uh, he actually passed away on the ship. So his, he had a small son at the time, which obviously grew up and um, throughout many generations. And now we're here today. But they migrated due to per- being persecuted for Christian faith is why they migrated over here. Wow. From what country? Uh, Switzerland okay. uh, is kind of that's where our ancestors come from. But over there in that whole European region, there's a lot of... Um, they kind of migrate different times. They would be persecuted one time and they'd flee to the next. Just like the Bible says, you, you will, they will persecute one time. You will flee to a different country or city. And that is really what happened. And, that, and America was a free world. And it's like, here we can actually serve the Lord how, how we think is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's migrate over there. So a lot of them came over here and they settled at different uh, states, different communities. And that's why you have so many differences is because you have uh, the different settlements from 200 years ago. They we all have a similar belief, but we kind of have a have our different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So the way your father Reuben explained it to me is, the religion would be Christianity. That that Jesus and his teachings, the New Testament, that's what you follow. The Amish culture is so you don't get distracted because if you have a, a Ford F one fifty, it's easy to want to just hop in it and go to Canton or Columbus or Cleveland, or you have more options. And with a phone, with all the internet, you could get distracted. So you abstain from those luxuries so that you can stay devoted to Christ. Is that how I understand that it? That is correct. That is that is why we make the decisions we do. We don't have TVs in our own. We have nothing with internet just for the social media sake of the family structure 
and for all the bad stuff like pornography and stuff like that. I mean, not that it doesn't still happen. We are all human beings. There is forgiveness for that when we repent. Uh, but that is why we do that is for the family structures. So um, we can be more devoted, I guess, to our Christian life. That is, Yeah, that's that why makes we it that. so so simple because there's an app now. It's called TikTok. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I, I've heard of it. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, you don't want to know. But it's, it's essentially, it's not pornography, like blatant pornography. But when you click on the app, it, it shows you, you don't pick the video. Like okay. You just scroll and it will start showing you videos. So it could hypothetically show you an inappropriate video, but you, you just scroll through that. Okay. But if you don't go on TikTok and scroll through, then you're not even, you don't even have a chance of your eye gate seeing the inappropriate images or videos. So it makes sense, your culture of how it can protect you uh, in uh, staying away from the dangers of our you know, social media apps and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And, and, and that all being said, the flip side of that is uh, you just live this life in kind of a spiritually dead way. That is the flip side. So we abstain from this, but we still have to have a relationship with the Lord and the Holy Spirit and be born again. Because if we don't, it's still dead and, and it right, means right, nothing. Right. So the, the, the good side to um, our way of life is we abstain from that as a family structure but you still need that connection and relationship with the Lord. That's really the bottom line. No, a hundred percent. That, that makes a lot of sense. But I was explaining to your father living in Atlanta, we have traffic that's eight lanes on each side, 16 lane highway. If you stretch it wow. across North yep. and South on 85, 75, 285, it's, it's big traffic. So I get, if I want to go to church where I go, it's a really good church, but it's an hour away. Oh, wow. So with traffic, sometimes it takes me an hour and a half just to drive there and then another hour, hour and a half to come home. So that's three hours sitting in traffic. Oh, wow. And then with my phone, I can get distracted on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and just start scrolling through. And eventually, if you do that long enough, you're going to see something you shouldn't or you're going to get just, it might not be bad, but you can just dis- get distracted. You watch 250 videos and it's like, was that edifying or, mm-hmm. or not? And so I'm trying to get away from the traffic, away from the distractions and, and clearly trying to follow the Lord. So your culture, there's a lot of things that are very intriguing to me. You're not going to sell me on the horse and buggy. I, I like, <laughs> I like a F-150, but there's no sin in having an F-150. Trust me. There's times it'd be very nice to have one. <laughs> yeah. But the, the fact of the matter is if you play with a snake, I don't know if you have snakes in Worcester. We have snakes in Atlanta. We have snakes. Yes, we do. If, if you play with a snake, eventually it's going to bite you. If it you play is... with fire, eventually you're going to get burnt. And that's how these apps are. You're on TikTok long enough, you're going to get into yourself in trouble. Yeah, and, and, and I don't mean to, um, yeah, I, I, I want you to take this the right way, but my wife always says having an open smartphone with no blocks on it is it like having a poison snake in, in your pocket and say, I'm not going to get bit. It's, it's funny you mentioned that snake. That is the exact terminology Brenda, my wife, uses all the time. If you have that in your pocket long enough, you will get bit. Now, there, there's, some, there's a lot of good with technology that comes with language translations that translate the Bible, like zooming in with your church. There's a lot of good things with that too. But we just abstain from the whole thing. And then we actually meet in homes for our churches. So we have, uh, uh, we generally have wide open basements. So we, so we have enough room to take our 
generally an Amish congregation is maybe 20 to 25 um, families, and we get together, and once the church gets large enough, we'll kind of uh, separate, and they'll ordain new ministers, and they'll do their thing, and uh, we'll just continue to grow that way. What's a serve, like a, is, is, walk us through, I know my audience, you guys are very intrigued by this, at least I am, walk us through what a service like that's like. You guys so a meet. service, uh, we usually get to church around 8.30, and we greet, so as By men, horse and buggy? We go by horse and buggy, or we walk, so our, our furthest church family is two miles, so if it's close by, we'll walk. If not, we'll go with the horse and buggy. And, uh, do you we'll alternate whose house you meet at, or is it always the same person? We help? do. So we actually have church every other Sunday. So we have time okay. to visit. Uh, so if our friends have church, we usually go there. So we're, we actually hear our ministers um, have a sermon probably every third time we have church, sometimes every other time, but there's a lot of visiting ministers. So we hear hundreds of different uh, preachers preach a sermon, and, and, and I really like it that way. Each person has its talents, his different ways of bringing things out to edify. So we'll visit uh, family and friends. If my sister and have church, we'll go, or cousins will go visit. Uh, so we'll get there by horse and buggy, and we'll uh, the guys will be in the barn for a little bit, you know, till everybody gathers, and we'll talk, to chat this and that. We go in, uh, we sing some hymns that our ancestors still wrote when they were being persecuted um, over in Switzerland, back from, wow. and that book dates back to the. If I'm not mistaken, 16 to 1700s, some of these hymns were written uh, by people. Like one of the songs was a guy wrote who uh, they later beheaded. Uh, so we still sing that song occasionally. And it's just, you know, remembering the Lord Jesus Christ, our foundation. And uh, things will be tough sometimes in life, but we just have to stand back up and keep going. It's, it's all for eternity on the other end. That's really what it's all about. Helping people here, but it's about for the other side. Wow. Then do you guys share a meal together afterwards, or how does that work we out? Do. We do. We sing have a some meal. songs. You meet the mm-hmm. the traveling preacher will share a sermon, and then you'll eat lunch. Or? We'll have two sermons, a uh, short sermon by the first guy, kind of an introduction thing, about 20 minutes long, and then the primary sermon, and then we'll have a lunch afterwards. Now, if 20 anyway. minutes is short, what's the long one? Uh, the long one's about 40 minutes then. Okay. So, uh, And then after that, we'll all gather together. We kind of have a... Uh, our, our benches that we sit on. Uh, it usually takes for for us men to set up uh, the tables to eat and the ladies to get ready, probably about a 15-minute ordeal. It's kind of has its uh, streamlined way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we all sit down. We kind of have the primary meals that we uh, usually have. And uh, we sit there for anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour and a half and just chit-chat this and that. And we'll talk about spiritual things. We'll talk about work. We'll talk about family. And uh, then we go home. Wow, that's great. And also in the business, you mentioned the financial side of things. You have to serve your customer. You have to provide a good product in your case for, you know, my audience listening, we need to provide a good service. But how do you make sure it's profitable? How did you dial in those numbers to have generation after generation of success that you guys have? You've obviously figured out your profit margins and things of that nature, but uh, walk us through that. I guess for our industry, it might be a little bit easier uh, than some other industries. You kind of have a general market rate that things go by. So we buy something at a, at, at, at a certain price, obviously, different tiers. You try to buy more by certain times of year to get the best pricing. Grandpa was always huge on discounts. He would always pay in 10 days or whatever it was to save that extra percent or two. He was big on that. And uh, then you have a selling rate. Uh, you have a retail and a promo rate, which we usually go by the promo rate. We sell nothing at retail or very seldom. 
uh, just a margin uh, that's a fair margin for the customer. You have to make money. We're in business to make money, and we have to make money so we can pay our help well, uh, so we can continue to stay in business to provide a service. So our, our uh, the brands that we carry kind of set a standard, and then our labor rate, we kinda, we're, we're under the industry standard. Uh, but we just have to, um, I guess, watch our costs and see what the going rate is and what we can do it for, for what's a fair rate, basically. That's, That's fantastic. And then on a personal level, I would imagine your expenses are a lot sim- more simplified than, you know, most of us that have to pay our, a lot of utilities. And what, what exactly is your personal budget look like? You know what? Um, I shouldn't even say this, but um, I'm pretty bad with that. I really am. I just enjoy doing my thing. And uh, so, so we have a salary at the business that we go by. And then uh, as an owner, of course, at the end of the year, if things are good, you know, things can, you can take something out. Uh, but we have a salary to go by and we've got our regular heating bill, uh, gas bill, and we've got our fixed expense like everybody else, food. Now we do not. Now what have- are your fixed expenses? Uh, I'd have to think about that a little bit. You have your, we have a church kind of like it, it's called a church fund aid, which is basically insurance is what it is. So we've got that. We've got our food, we've got our utilities. And if you, of course you have your um, regular other things that you uh, want to buy, I guess, luxuries, you've got your food and you've got everything like that. You've got property taxes and you're always fixing something up around the house. And then you've got, uh, we've got a horse and a pony and some dogs and uh, llama so you and don't, some sheep. A llama. So you don't have the um, F-150 payment and the vehicle insurance. You guys have to have insurance on your horse and buggy or? No, we don't. We Now, yes, we, we would have through through that Amish thing. There, there is something covered. So we kind of, if, if my horse would get hit on the road, our, our church would help with paying the vehicle's damage or whatever else it might be. So in, in, in each different uh, congregation, community kind of has, has its own thing. But yes, we would have insurance for that. Okay. So, but purchasing those horses can be expensive, I'm imagining. Yeah, for, for a good horse. I mean, it used to be back in the day, you could buy a horse for a couple of grand, but you'll spend five to 10,000 for a decent horse and about 10,000 for a carriage. Uh, How many I've, horses and llamas and what's your, what's your uh, livestock looking like these days? Uh, I've got one buggy horse that, uh, so dad told me growing up, you know, if once you need a horse, I'll buy you a good horse that you want. And he did. I, I, I demoed one. So we'll, we'll go to a place who has a horse for sale and we'll take him out for a spin. And it's like, uh, do I like it? And we'll take it home. And for a couple of days, we'll just make sure it is what we want. Does he, your horse have a name? He does, Victor. Victor. And he's a very, he's 19 years old now, and his distance uh, isn't quite what it used to be. He's not quite as fast as he was, but uh, Brenda's comfortable with him, you know, to drive and him. And do you, do you develop, like, a friendship with him? Like, you... Oh, yeah. We'll come out to the barn to feed him, and he'll, uh, he'll nigh at us, and, and he'll stand there, and he'll stomp a little bit. He's ready for his feed. And you pet him, and, uh, you know, you just keep him up, keep him groomed. And same way with the sheep and the pony. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, so I've got one horse, one pony. One llama. What's the difference between sheep? a pony and a horse? So a pony is small and a horse is big. But they're the um, same same type? Uh, same type of breed. It's just basically through the generations, you breed small to small and they become smaller. I got you. And uh, same way with all the different breeds of horses. You kind of have your road horses and your show horses. Okay. And yours are road horses? Ours are road horses. So not so much for show, but just simply to go out on the road, have a fast trot, Go uphill, downhill. That's what the standard bread is bred for. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a lot of horses who don't make it on the races. So for the racetracks that don't make it or they're retired, they make good buggy horses. 
Okay. This is very, very interesting. Well, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience, Josh? Oh, I think this is good, Paul. Thanks for everything. It was good to meet you. You were a fun guy to speak with, and it was good to meet you last night. I didn't uh, know what you did at that time, but it's been good to meet you. It's been good to be here at Spencer, so thanks, everyone. Yeah, and thanks for the excellent customer service. Joshua just came up to me and was like, how can I help you? And I think my John Deere hat, you know, it's like, we got to get you in a tour. <laughs> it was a good conversation piece. It was fun. But John Deere, there's a lot of good mower companies out there. We love Toro. They've been great to work with. And uh, we wouldn't want to carry anything else at the time. But there's a lot of good mowers out there. And just find a local people you like to deal with. That's what we would recommend. Great. All right. Well, we're, we got we're, Sean's calling us to take a photo. Thank you very much for your time. You need to increase your prices to earn more, but you better do it correctly or your customers will become unhappy. You want to discover the proven method to easily increase your prices? I've assembled the Price Increase Letter Template. It's a plug and play document that will allow you to inform your customers in the correct way so that they understand why and will gladly accept your price increase. You can pick up the Price Increase Letter Template today at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.